Ladies Always and gentlemen, has. this is my friend, Pastor Robert Chester. Would you give him a round of applause this morning? So, can I, I can call you friend, right? I, I hope so. Oh, if you are X5B, your kid is crying profusely. Or needs a diaper change. No, it's just kidding. That's all right. That's all right. We love kids, and um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, Pastor Robert Chester's on stage with me today because I want him to have an opportunity to share with you uh, about some ministries that he is overseeing for us here at 1910. He has done everything from top to bottom here at 1910. He's been with us from day one here at 1910 for almost seven years now. He's been on our pastoral staff. But Pastor Robert is in charge of what we call Care and Connection Ministries here at 1910 Church. And I want you, Pastor Robert, if you would, just kind of share with the people, when we talk about care and connection, what does that mean for us here at 1910? Well, Care and Connection is a new ministry, uh, a new official ministry. We've always cared. We've, We've always, always cared tried for to care, people. Right? We didn't hey, just start That's an idea. Maybe we should care for people. No. <laughs> Jesus did, so, that, so we are. So um, the idea of, of connection is this. Um, you guys know how awesome it is on a Sunday morning, right? It is. Okay, thank you. I was starting to worry My there for a second. clap. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, but anyway... Connection is just an extension of that, of us making feel, people feel welcome. We had 2,008 people come to our campus in 2014. And so we want to say, we know that they're having a great time when they get here on a Sunday morning, right? Awesome preaching, incredible worship. But we want to make sure that that's just not a Sunday morning experience, that Absolutely. they are able to get plugged into the life of our church. Because we say, the bigger we get, the smaller we have to get. So, Yes. Is it right? That is good. Yeah. So right now we have a great connection team, and they're doing a fantastic job. Hopefully some of you have already heard from them and, and have enjoyed their, their follow-up. But we need more. Uh, we do not have enough people. I won't tell you how many extra people that I'm following up with, but we need you. So if you love people, if you love to connect <laughs> with people, say, hey. If, hang on, if they don't love people, they need to come to the altar and repent today, right? Yes. Absolutely. All this right. is your chance. But if you love people. The altar is open. Not yet. Um, if you love people, if you love to see them connected, um, this is a great ministry for you. because. So you connect how? There's a two, two, and one. There's a two, two, and one. Thank you. It's two if, emails. Two emails. It's two phone calls. Yes. And, and it's one text message. Man. Give it up for the pastor. Did I get it right? You did. Tell us about that. Actually, if you think about it, it takes no more than maybe 15 minutes a week to do this. And so what we do is we follow someone for a two-month period. We're not trying to be stalkers. We don't come to their house. We don't do any of that stuff. Um, but we just make sure that we know or they know that we saw that they were here. Yeah. And we want to make sure, hey, we, we care about you, and we want to do what we can to make sure we find God's place for you. Yes. And it may not even be at 1910. Some people we've actually talked to, and they said, well, the music is a little loud. I know that's strange, but huh? music is a little loud. And what? Yeah, no. pull out your earplug. Um, but we've actually called another church and said, hey, uh, we have a guy for you. We think he would love your church. And uh, there was just a lot of silence on the phone. And, uh, yes, we do that, right? Yeah, we're all on the same team. At, we are. So, so connection, that's a fantastic thing. So if, if you're interested in that, you think you would enjoy that, um, we'd love to sign you up um, just out at guest services. It doesn't mean that you have to do it. It just means, hey, Robert, I'd love to, to talk about this and find out how I can be a part. We also say people matter to God, and therefore they matter to us. Right, I right? like that. Tweet that's that a, mess. Tweet that mess. That's awesome. Hey, care also. When we talk about care, 
Care is what huge. is that all about? Care is huge here. We kind of see connection as find, and we see care as restore. Ooh. And so uh, care is all about coming alongside of someone who's in some kind of, of life crisis. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're in the hospital. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Um, someone who has some issue that they don't have support that they can have help with. Maybe it's something as simple as mowing a yard or fixing a fence or even fixing a car. So that's what care is about. So if you're a person who, who, whose heart would hurt to think that there was somebody in our body who had a need, who went through some struggle. There's and somebody in our body, okay? I'm not good with words, no, that's okay? that's good. No, right. it helps but me Thank remember. you, you're following, I appreciate it. <laughs> somebody in our body, our phys- not our physical body. Jesus is in our heart, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> that is, has, has gone through something, and they need support. They may just need, they may just, maybe in the hospital. That's right. And they're alone, and they're just sitting there day after day, and no one comes to visit them. Man, that's horrible. I that, thought that was the pastoral team's responsibility, make all those visits. Well, that's what I hear, but yeah. that's not right. Yeah. We are supposed to equip people for ministry, yes. right? Absolutely. That's what scripture says. Yes. And so we need you guys. You guys have been equipped. You guys can do it just as good as we can. You got the Holy Spirit in you just like we got in us. Yes, you so do. So you are equipped and God desires to say, hey, get out there and use what I've given you. And that may be a visit. That may be cooking a meal. That may be uh, rocking a baby. Yeah. That may be um, fixing a car. It's all important. Yeah. I love that. So if you're a, a man or a woman who would love to do any of those things, man, we'd love to talk to you more about that because that's what Jesus would do, yeah. right? So today, if, if I want to sign up and get involved with yep. that, how do I do that? You're going to be... We'll be out at guest services today. Okay. And uh, we'll either to sign you up or to talk to you about it. But um, yeah. It is so, that is so... Those are such important ministries mm. in the life of our church. I know a lot of times those things aren't on the stage or... You don't see those ministries. But I'm telling you, isn't connecting with people so important and making people feel valued and welcomed? And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things we've always worked hard at here is letting people know that when you walk on this campus that, hey, we notice that you're here and and what have you. Speaking of things that people don't see, I want you guys to know something. Um, You already know you have a special pastor. But I want you to know this morning when I was coming into church, um, we have this fella in his T-shirt. And a shovel, and he is shoveling rocks out of the parking lot. Hmm. You have a pastor who is a servant. Hmm. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to make someone else do this. He led by example, and I know you don't like for me to tell yeah. stories like that on you, but, yeah. but people need to know the awesome fellow that you are. Well, thank you so, so much. So, so here's, here's right. the deal today. If you're interested in learning more about care or connection ministry here at 1910, Pastor Robert's going to be in guest services today. Please see him afterwards. Right now, can we just show honor and give him a round of applause? How about it? Amen. That's good. Hey, uh, so yeah, so I, today's going to be a little bit different as you've already. Thanks, Pastor Howard. Oh, dude, did you see him flex when he brought that out? It's like, he's a pompitude of manhood. I love that. Uh, that is awesome. So today's a little bit different. I want to let you know just off the top. I, I originally was not going to be here today. I was going to take the day off. I know what you're thinking. You pastors only work one day a week anyway. Why do you need time off, right? I don't know. I was just going to take some time off and go see what, what it's like to be a normal person on Sunday. Um, but, um, in fact, I'd already lined it up. I was going to go to uh, one of my pastor friend's church in, in uh, San Antonio, and I was going to be a secret worshiper and critique 
everything from the parking lot to the platform. And, man, I was so ready. In fact, I tell him, I said, now, listen, here's the deal. I'll come do that, but you need to know that I love you, and you can't get mad at me. So anyway, but I, here's the deal. So I was going to do that, but the Lord had different plans and intentions for today. And, uh, and I'll go do a secret worshiper some other time and, uh, uh, and what have you. But, but I just felt like there were some things that the Lord wanted me to share with you guys today. And uh, this is stuff. I'm pulling back the curtain today in my life. And I'm just going to share with you some things where the Lord has had me the last several months. Probably since last fall. Is that okay? I, I want to share with you guys some things that the Lord's been working and doing in my life. And, and here's my prayer. I, I pray that somehow there's something that maybe you might be able to relate to. But more importantly, as always, our goal is we want there to be something maybe shared that you can take with you that's going to help you in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, don't, don't you love it when you can leave church with something practical and something that's going to help you? So, so here's it. Don't hate me today because this message was written for me. In fact, I, I have to put a title on it. I just put where I'm at. That's what I called it. This is where I'm at. Right now as, as your pastor. Is that all right? You ready? So there are several things I'm going to throw at you. They may not flow and be, you know, it, this is going to be very organic today. But, but I want to share with you some things the Lord has shown me. This first thing that I want to share with you is something that actually was, was stated uh, during our desperation weekend a few weeks ago here by one of our, our speakers. And, uh, and it just really resonated with me. And, and, and here's what it says. If your walk with Jesus seems lame, it's you, not him. I like that. If your walk with Jesus right now is just kind of, uh, it's mediocre, or it's, it's not happening. If, if you don't feel like Jesus is near to you, or you're in relationship with him, or, or if you're just thinking, you know, this thing called the Christian life really isn't what it's all cracked up to be. Here's the deal. You're the one that's messed up. Not, not Jesus. Um, he's still who he is. In fact, I think he said something in Scripture that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he doesn't change. So right now in your relationship and just being close to Jesus or not, if, if you would just say, you know what, I'm just not feeling it right now, my relationship with Jesus. The problem is you. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you are the problem. Um, here's, here's, here's the deal. I, I, I don't want to have a lame walk. I, I don't want my relationship with Jesus to be lame or mediocre or just blah, right? I, I don't want that. I want it to be vibrant. I want it to be exciting. In fact, did we not just sing the words to a song that says, I've been born again. Your blood flows through my veins. How can you not? I'm standing up. How can you not? Get excited when you sing words like that. Jesus says, I've come that you might have and have it abundantly. Life to the full, life to the max, life that is off the chain fun. It's exciting. If your Christian life is boring, it's because of you. He came to give life. I wrote these things that Jesus has done for me. I don't know if he's done it for you, but here's the deal. He forgave my sins. He made me a child of God. He will never leave me. Oh, my goodness. 
I might walk from him, but he never leaves me. And by the way, if Jesus seems farther away, guess who's moved? You have. He gave me new life. Aren't some of you thankful that God takes old things and restores them and makes them new? If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away. All things become new. Oh, man, this life is, ought to be fun. It ought to be a party. It ought to be exciting and dynamic. Oh, he gave me eternal life as well. This is just practice for heaven. You know that, right? Man, you, you think I'm a good dancer now, good worshiper? You know I'm good. I can't wait for heaven. For some of you right now that just have a hard time getting excited on Sundays for worship, that's all right, but just know your days are numbered. And one day, one day, you will get your praise on. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I've been asking myself. I asked myself this question late in the fall. What would I like Jesus to do? What, what, what would I like Jesus to do? We, we always have staff retreat in September and the fall, and we always start planning and thinking towards the future in 2015 and whatever. And, and, and I'm God, what do you want to, and I, I just ask myself, what would I like Jesus to do? What would I like Jesus to do in my life? You ever ask yourself that question? Have you, have you ever asked, what would you like Jesus to do? Now, I know that you've got a list. I, I know that there are things in which you wish Jesus would come through and do in your life, right? The disciples did. Did you know that? Luke chapter 11, we find one day the disciples coming to Jesus. Lord, would you teach us too? Have you ever thought if you could ask Jesus to teach you anything, what would you ask him? Hey, seriously, Jesus, how did you walk on water? What's the trick there? Hey, hey, seriously, how do you, how do you spit in some dirt, make mud, put it on a guy's eyes, wipe it off, and he gets his sight back? How do you do that? How do you take a few fishes, a few loaves of bread, and feed so many people and have leftovers? How do you do that? How do you make dead people come out of the grave? You ever thought about what you would like Jesus to do? Well, the disciples did one day in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. They said, Lord, would you teach us to what? To pray. You see, the disciples saw something in Jesus' life. There was power when he prayed. But have you ever asked yourself, what would I like Jesus to do? You know that Jesus wants to do some stuff in your life, right? Now, please hear my heart. He's not some genie in a bottle that you can rub and make him pop out. And he's not there just to cater to your every whim and every desire. You know that, right? So many people think like they control Jesus. No, you don't. You don't. But he does want to meet the desires of your heart. Do you know that? Look what it says in Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight. You know that word delight means? Delight means to experience great pleasure and joy in his presence. Do you delight in the Lord? Do you take great joy? Is there great pleasure for you as you sit in his presence? And I'm not just talking about for that hour and 15 minutes on Sunday. I'm not just talking about when you feel. Do you spend time delighting in the Lord? You see, to delight in the Lord, we've got to know him better. We need to trust in him. We need to know that he can care for us better than ourselves. You know that, right? 
You know Jesus knows some stuff. You know that he knows what's better for your life than you do. Do you know that? We like to quote that verse, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We quote it, but so many of us don't believe it or live it. And we try to manipulate, control, and do it ourselves. Come on. Hey, I'm telling you, Jesus knows some stuff. Tweet that mess. And he knows what's better for you than you do. Here's something else I wrote. We often want to drink the wine without crushing the grapes. You know that'll preach. We often want to drink the wine without crushing the grapes. We, we, we want the pleasantries of life. We want all the feel-goods about this thing called being a Christian, right? We want just the good stuff. And we don't want to go through the difficult pains of it all, do we? As Christians, we should never struggle. We should never have any trials. We should always have friends. We should always be accepted. We should always be the life of the party. We should always be voted most likely to whatever, right? We, it should just be a bed of roses, shouldn't it? No. In fact, I was reminded in John chapter 16, verse 33, the words of Jesus, because it's written in red, That's, I like that. It helps me. But Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble. Isn't that encouraging? We do, don't we? It's hard living here. It's painful. It's a struggle. Has anybody not experienced trial, tribulation, or struggle in life? Raise your hand. Anybody never had it? No, we all, we all have that in common, don't we? But that verse doesn't end there. There's a common in the word but. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life to the full. No. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's right. Oh, don't act like you knew it all. If we want to have a quote off, we'll go right now. But take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. You see, trials and struggles and difficulties sometimes are all a part of God's plan for us, aren't they? Just as a grape must grow on a vine, but then been plucked from that vine, and then put through the process of pressing and crushing and squeezing, and that's when we enjoy the sweet nectar of it all, right? Trials make us better, don't they? No one wants them, and I'm not wishing it on anybody, but guys, let's just face it. Through the struggle, we are made better. But so many of you don't want to do that. I don't either sometimes, do we? We don't want that. 1 Peter 1.6, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many, what? Trials. For a little while. Ooh. Struggle. We often want to drink the wine without crushing the grapes. Hey guys, can I just remind you? The sacrifice you make now pales in comparison to eternity. That's why I'm going to run with everything I have. That's why I'm going to continue to go till he says no. So I'm going to continue to dance big and lift my hands and sing my guts out. 
because he's worth it. But all of that sacrifice, all the pain, all those hours of little sleep, all those hours of sitting with people and all those hours of counseling a person that's made the same decision for 50,000 times and they made it, it's all worth it because it pales in comparison to eternity. I told you guys a few weeks ago, I do what I do to take as many people to heaven with me as possible. That's what keeps me going. Do I get tired? Absolutely, I do. But I'm telling you, there's something the Lord just gives me to keep me moving. We all right so far? Here's another one. I love in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the phrase that the, the, the disciples were known as men who had been with Jesus. If somebody were to describe you to me, would this be a phrase that they would say about you? That man, that woman, they have been with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to be known as somebody who has been with Jesus? Wouldn't you like to just know that that there is something about you that others see or get a whiff of or you demonstrate something and people just know, I'm telling you, man, I don't know that person's name. I don't know where they come from, but I'm just telling there's no mistaking that person's been with Jesus. You see, this is what was happening in Acts chapter 4. The disciples were preaching and teaching and many miraculous signs and wonders were happening. They were speaking like no one had ever preached before. And they're standing before the religious leaders of the day, the Sanhedrin. And one of those religious people say this. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Hey, listen, God can use anybody. Do you believe that? It's not about your schooling. It's about your anointing. Woo! I don't know where that came from, but that's good. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Guys, listen. There are a lot of things that we could all want said of us. It's a great father, a great mother, man, a great athlete, great whatever, eater, I don't know, whatever you want to be known for. But would it not be awesome to be known as a person that had been with Jesus? Oh, what would your life look like if you would just be with Jesus a little bit more? But what would this church look like if this house was filled with people that had been with Jesus. Oh. And, and, and keeping along those same lines, here, here's, here, here's something else that I found that, that was interesting. It, it's, it's in the going with Jesus that we see him and meet him. In the going. I, I need to be a person that is going with Jesus. One of the great things of the study Experiencing God years ago that, that stood out to me when I read it, Henry Blackaby says, we need to find where God is at work and join him. Right, And so I need to be someone that is not just content to sit here on Sundays, but, but I need to be a person that's going with Jesus each and every moment of each and every day. Does that make sense to you? In fact, do you remember in Matthew chapter 28, the women had come to the tomb to take care of Jesus' body after his death and burial. But when they got to the tomb, that day they saw that the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was what? 
was empty. There was nobody there. Remember, in, in, in Matthew 28, there was an angel that appeared to them and said, you know, why do you search for the living among the dead? Why are you here? You know, he's alive. He, he is not here. And, and you remember, it says in verses 8 and 9, well, you remember because you've been reading it for the last 30 seconds. It says, as they went, Jesus met. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, but also they were filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. Okay, so listen, the angel had already given them the message. He's not here. So as they were going to give the disciples the angel's message, what happened? Jesus met them. Hey, church, I'm just thinking that as we take the message of the Lord and as we are going to live it out and to tell it and to do what it says, I just can't help but think that we're going to see Jesus more and meet him more. I just, as I'm doing it, as I'm going and, 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 and doing what the message says, I am going to meet Jesus more. Does that make sense to anybody or just me? Well, it's just for me, this message. So take it what you want to. You may not like that one. You know, I preached a couple of weeks ago on the humor of Jesus. Remember that one? I took some blows on the social media for that. That's okay. Uh, Those people aren't fun anyway. So, um, but it's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. And, And one of those stories when I was thinking of that message was this story in Luke 5 where where the disciples, they, they weren't disciples at this point. They were still fishermen. They had not joined Jesus' team yet. They were fishermen. Remember, they were, had been fishing all night. Simon Peter, you know, the Jimmy Houston of his day, right? Had been fishing, caught no fish. Probably had never been over in all of his life, but he was over that night. Didn't catch a thing. They're discouraged. Jesus comes up, sees two boats, says, hey, listen, I'm trying to get away from the crowds. Can I put into this boat and get me out? Simon Peter gets in with him, and as they're going out, Jesus says, hey, why don't you uh, throw your nets over on this side, and, and I think you'll catch some fish here. You remember the story? Well, who are you? You're, you're a rabbi. You're, you're, your robe is not quite dirty enough yet. I mean, we're fishermen. This is what we do, rabbi. And just, would you just please throw your nets on this side and, and see what, what, what happens? And I love, so, so Simon replied, we, we worked hard all night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so. If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. So here's where I'm at with that. If Jesus says so, will that be enough? If Jesus says so to you, if he calls you to do something, if he tells you or asks you to take an action or a step, or, would that be enough for you? Just because Jesus says so, I think for most of us it's not enough. Because we, we, we are people that want to know how it's going to turn out, right? We want to know what the results are going to be. We, we want to know what's it, what's it going to cost me. Or uh, how, will this, how can I fit Jesus into my already busy schedule? Am I talking to anybody? Um, or, or what's it going to look like? Or what will be said of me? Or Aren't we like that? And for so many of us, we are stifled in our pursuit of Jesus because we just don't know how it's going to turn out. And so we just choose to, to, to not do anything. And we just stay there. Hey, I want to be a person that says, if Jesus says so, that's enough. You need to know something about this church. We are um, 
about eight and a half years old. September will be nine years. And, and you need to know from day one, from day one, we've operated from this statement. Guys, we have done some crazy, wacky, zany things over the nine years, right? We have. Um, and, and we've not known how it's going to turn out. We've not known how it's going to be received. We've not known how if we, if we partner with this missionary or this mission agency or if we give money here or, or do this or if we buy 38, we've not known how it's going to turn out. All we've known is thus saith the Lord. And it's been enough for us. I just have come to this conclusion. Listen, if Jesus calls me to do something, I can't afford not to do it. He knows the plans I have for you, says the Lord, right? And so I'm just going to stop trying to have it all mapped out and figured out. Does that mean that we're just flippantly doing things? No, and I'm not telling you just to be flippant and whatever, but I'm just telling you, there are times in your life in which you know Jesus is telling you to do something. Will that be enough for you? Jesus says so. Will that be enough? Is that good? A couple more real quick. Here we go. Here's what I've been, been praying. And actually, um, this was prayed on, on a Monday night in one of our leadership prayer meetings. You need to know that our staff, elders, and trustees meet every Monday night and we pray for this church. We just believe that leaders ought to pray for the house. Amen. And we meet and y'all aren't invited. Because uh, we pray for you and vision and direction and for each other. And it's just, we, we do pray on Wednesday nights here in this house too. And everybody's invited there, amen. Somebody come and pray, 7 o'clock, Wednesday nights. Um, but this was prayed that night and I wrote, ooh, that's good. I opened my eyes during the prayer and I pulled up my phone and I wrote this down. Is that sinful? I mean, if, can you open your eyes when you pray? All right. here's what was said and here's been my prayer Lord let us be filled with you not of ourselves we like ourselves a lot don't we but my prayer has been Lord I want to be filled with you there there are so many things in my life that I can pursue there are so many things in your life that you can pursue and we do but I, I just I want to pursue more of the Lord now, I, I want to I drink from the well a little bit deeper than I've ever drank. I want to be filled with him. In fact, didn't, didn't Jesus tell the Samaritan woman that the water I give will quench you forever, your thirst? It's living water. Living water. And living water is not just for e- eternity. Living water means that it's alive in you. Going to go back to where I started. Should we not be excited about this living water within us? Am I making sense? I just, I want to be filled with more of the Lord as your pastor. I, I want there to be no mistaking to you that when I stand on this platform, that you will know that I've been in the presence of the Lord. I can do it on my own and without him. I can. I think I can. But it's not any good. It's just me. You, don't, you, you, wanna, you want a pastor that's been with the Lord, don't you? Filled with his presence. That's right. And I want that for you too. Is that okay? Two more real quick. Gosh, it's late. <laughs> it's good. 
don't go to sleep on me. Ooh. Growing your church is not big enough. Build the kingdom. Growing your church is not big enough. Build the kingdom. Listen, I don't want to be known as just this church. I want to be known as a kingdom mover, a kingdom shaker, a kingdom builder. That's why we pray for other churches. That's why we send people to other churches. We understand the kingdom. Guys, listen, this is not about what happens at 130 FM 1376 at 1910 Church. This is about something much bigger than this house. And there's nothing wrong with this house. There's nothing wrong with this. In fact, I believe some pretty cool things have happened in here. But, but we are a part of something greater than this. We are, I want to build the kingdom of God. Amen? Are you with me on that? It is not about what's happening just right here, but it's about what's happening, God, in other places and in your kingdom. Building the church is not big enough. That's small. That's good. That's small thinking. Man, I want to be a kingdom builder. Which leads to the last thing. This is a shell of a building. It just is. This is just mortar and brick, concrete. Some stolen wood from somebody's dilapidated barn. Sorry. I'm not going to tell you where. But, but this shell of a building, I believe, is being used for life change. Uh, have there been some people's lives changed as a result of being here for the last two years? Anybody? Let me just, yeah, a couple of you. Please hear my heart. We're not about building this, but we are about building this. And I shared with you guys that for years, for six and a half years, we met in a school and our motto was, we want to build people, not buildings, right? But I want to be honest with you. It sure has been nice to have a resource like this for us to be able to do some things that we had not been able to do before. And you know why we do it? For life change. Somebody said it earlier, life transformation to take place. This is important. This is not the end all. But I believe that through this shell of a building, and it's boring in here. It's just box. It's a box. We got exposed air ducts. We, we, we got, look how dirty the musicians are. Just stuff laying everywhere. <laughs> You'll break your neck up here. You only trained professionals can walk on this. Like, like vipers everywhere. They'll get you. But life transformation is happening here. We believe that. We believe that. And we want to continue. We want to continue to just be obedient to what God calls us to do. Just some things that the Lord's been showing me. Um, a little messy, very organic today, all over the map. But I hope that there's been something that made you go, ooh, I like that. And here's my prayer for us. Pastor Kyle, will you come join me on the stage? Watch out, though. There's cords everywhere. Um, here's my prayer for all of us. I, I want all of us to just be pursuing the presence more. That, that, that's my prayer. Guys, that's, that's the greater thing. I, I think if we pursue the presence of the Lord more, everything else is going to take care of itself. If we will build the kingdom, the church will grow. 
if, if, if we will spend more time with the Lord, there will be no mistaking that we've been with Jesus. And other people will want what we have. It's really simple. It's really simple. That's all I got.